Coming to you from my basement in beautiful Chicago, this is LesCast. I am your host, Amanda Costner. We are recapping Season 3, Episode 1 of The L Word, Generation Q, and what an opening episode it was! We have the reuniting of Bat and Tina! Tibeters everywhere, they are falling to their knees, tears are falling off their cheeks, it is incredible, uh, but... Uh, first, joining me today to talk about this incredible opening episode, we are honored to have someone who has recently recapped seasons one and two of the L Word Generation Q over on her channel, 100% Shipper. She covers an array of women loving women content, including lots of Zener Warrior princess videos, and also this Sunday, celebrating reaching 10,000 subscribers. She is doing this really fun live stream featuring the chart and like putting her own spin on it, the L Word chart, of course, the classic chart. Uh, please help me welcome to the podcast, Anita. <laughs> Thank you. That was an awesome intro. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. Uh, first, how have you been finding season three so far, one episode in? I I liked some of it and I didn't like some of it. <laughs> I felt like I felt like it was a real mixed bag. Like obviously Tina and Bet like <laughs> Yes. Yes. Insert applause. That, that kiss was just it did things for me that were very positive um <laughs> have you recovered yet um i'm still thinking about it yeah mm. no, I, I really liked that but at the same time i'm kind of like i'm kind of wishing there would be more of a build-up for that i feel like there was like there were like two moments where you know tina goes from being like um nah no this is not going to work out and like leaves and then within <laughs> the space of like that episode there's just like two moments where bet is suddenly completely changed and she's like i'm on that train and i'm like i'm a slow burn kind of girl i like it to build and i'm like this should have been an episode six moment <laughs> i couldn't agree with you more it was so fast I feel like just because I've made, maybe I've been watching so many Ash Silver videos, but I feel like I've been expecting this Bet and Tina reunion right away. Um, especially because I know Jennifer Beals is only going to be in four episodes this season. I know, right? Like, <laughs> but why? But also, like, no. I mean, if if you were to take, if I was to like pick one person who I'm like, this is the lead of Gen Q, it would be her. It's Bet. It's like you're taking away your lead character. Like in terms of when I was recapping this thing, it's like she gets the most story out of all the seasons and suddenly she's just gone. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, we are going to break it all down. Uh, I do want to jump in. I want to say, though, what what is your background with the L Word? Are you a, a longtime OG fan? Are you like a recent fan? Um, so I, I didn't watch it live back in the day because uh, I was in New Zealand and I don't think it was, it, there was nowhere that it was being shown. So you kind of had to buy the DVDs and watch it, which is what I did. Um, so I have watched it and, uh, but I've only ever watched it then. I haven't rewatched it since. And 
Um, I <laughs> I know, it's right? It's a lot to rewatch. It's a lot to rewatch, but also the whole Ginny stuff turned me off so, so deeply, yeah. um, which I think is a pretty common sentiment. Yeah. But um, it also just became, I don't know, it just sort of felt like it was crumbling near the end. So it wasn't something that I kind of have sat down and gone, I'm going to invest time to watch another the six seasons again. And um, and I only recently watched Gen Q um, this year. So yeah, this is my first time watching it live ever, but I have obviously watched it originally. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, excited to have you on. I'm the same. I didn't watch it in real time, but I came out like pretty late preacher's daughter. (laughs) I wouldn't have been allowed to watch it even if I wanted to, (laughs) but uh, actually when did it, it came out. Okay. I was definitely out of the house by 2010. So I'm not that young. I would love it if listeners thought I was that young. 2004, 2004. Oh, it was. Oh, Okay. Okay, and, it so finished, that was... and it finished around 2000. And... Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, I'm really yeah. getting my years mixed up. Okay, so I was yeah. still at, at my parents and I would not have been allowed to watch it. They're very concerned. Yeah, so it's not like you had, you know, cell phones that you could watch it on back in mm-hmm. the day or like a, a personal laptop. It was like, this was the family computer, right? Right, yeah. right. And it was like, yeah, I was, no, I think it was, I wonder if you could have got it on, what was it like? lime green lime or whatever oh man i'm aging myself here oh, oh right lime wire lime wire yeah yeah uh, interesting <laughs> yeah. well uh let's just jump into the episode a, a very juicy opening episode uh yeah. <laughs> would expect nothing less from uh marge lewis ryan right we get that scene we've seen a million times that they teased us with where <laughs> tina's grilling bet and I, I loved when she she says that line. I wish you were better at it. You know when Bet says that admits she loves her, and I, that like caught me off guard. I was laughing. I I really loved that moment because I felt it did this really good thing. Because you know she kind of comes in and she's like, you know, do you love me, right? Which is a repeat of what had happened in last season. And when she when she uh, Tina confesses that she does love um, Bet it's kind of like going into this direction in terms of like the structure of the scene where it could kind of have gotten really, you know, like unrealistically gooey too quickly. And then with that line, she basically undercuts the whole feeling of her confession to create that tension again. And I thought that was just perfectly done. If they had not had that line, I don't think I would have liked that scene as much as I did. Yeah. yeah, and also we wouldn't have got that amazing Bette Porter ah! when she screams. Oh, she like her scream, like her scream was just ten out of ten. It, ugh. I would like, pay so money to have Bette Porter curse me out. <laughs> it's just like she had this moment before where she's kind of just looking around, and then she just has this primal scream, and I'm like, yes. It yeah, it was just. Mm. This is why it's so sad we're losing Jay Beals because she's such a phenomenal actor. She's amazing. She's amazing. She makes Bet Porter like no yes. one could play her. No one could play her, and because Bet's not always a nice character. Like most of the time, she's not, which is why this episode was like, oh my god, she's like changed. What I can't she's like Zen chill yeah. Bet now. Yeah, she's like, I went on this retreat and didn't speak for seven days or whatever. Um, and uh, and But she carries it off so well. Like, she creates that complexity of character of someone who's not always 
in the right or a good person or who makes terrible choices, but we'd love her anyway. Isn't that the genius uh, of the, they can just, they emphasize on it when they emphasize a character's flaws and you still, you root for them. You love them, your flaws and all. Yeah. Yeah. That's the genius. Um, We get this much talked about opening sex scene with, uh, it's really a three couple sequence, but it starts with Alice and Gen Z or Teddy um he's like can i do you on my live stream or sorry they are like can i do you on my live stream (laughs) um i'm just like okay um making that the very first sex scene just (laughs) it was jarring i'm like i'm 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 used to seeing the male female thing you know on other shows and i'm prepared for it but like immediately jumping into that and we don't have context about how he identify or they identify um on immediately so you're just going oh okay so this is some this is some male female stuff going on and um i kind of feel like it's not an audience like i as an audience member and i'm assuming other sapphic (laughs) ladies also are not kind of straight away wanting that like it's okay to have it um but it's straight in there and then also i was confused about alice being like he's like oh i want to like do someone while you watch or something and she's all like yeah i'd be into that and i'm like did we not just have you break up this awesome thruple situation because you could not handle other people being in the mix so yeah 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 it's interesting it seems like alice's plot this season will be exploring more polyamory which i think is going to be interesting but it's weird that they gave us like half an episode of the thruple and immediately shut that down and told us no that's not for alice and now we're revisiting it so are we just gonna just forget about that yeah i think well yeah i think (laughs) we will have i'm excited for her to explore polyamory i just think that they had such a good situation in season one with with Natalie and Gigi like that was that was great why didn't we get more of that what what is Marjorie Lewis Ryan thinking like oh I've got to get Gigi with Bet and quickly and so let me break the thruple up to get Gigi with Bet I feel like we could have just completely missed that whole section we didn't need Gigi with Bet in any way like how did it inform any future plot lines we could have had the thruple happen and then Gigi leave the thruple to be with Danny. That I think we would have managed to cut out a whole bunch of like irrelevant. And then also Bet was a bit of an ass about, you know, mm-hmm. that whole situation with Danny, like did not treat her well. And Danny's like a fan favorite. Like I love her. Um, she's great. Yeah. No, Anita, we've got, they've got to shove as many couples and relationships into no. the season as like a, like an accordion. Shut, get it all in there. Put everybody with everybody. Shut right in. <laughs> I can't though. It's like, it's too much. It's too much. It's too fast, right? We need to slow things down. That's why I'm like, we need Bet and Tina to take six episodes to get to where they're good again. So that we can really feel like, I mean, I felt that kiss, but like, can we can really <laughs> feel it? <laughs> I know. I agree. I would have liked it teased out too. I agree. It's that time of the year. It's time to buy gay Christmas presents. What better stocking stuffer than some rainbow Adidas crew socks? Use the link in the description if you'd like to support the podcast and boom, Christmas shopping over. 
Uh, we catch up with Tess and Shane, and we finally get to meet Tess's mom, Patty. Yeah. We had a whole storyline about last season. Uh, am I crazy, or does Shane not seem, like, totally thrilled with the situation? Oh, she's totally not. She's she's not feeling it. You can see it. She doesn't even want to, you know, have sex. I know. Um, I know. This is that not Shane. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. did later on, just uh, well, that, not but yeah. And Tess said to kind of warm her up to Yeah. You know. Um is yeah. Tess an exhibition a little bit of an exhibitionist? You know, I haven't even thought about that, but like, yeah, I could see her. I could see the, her. On her that. mom and the nurse were up there. Seemed like Yeah. What what caused her to want to go downstairs in the first place? I can't remember. I think was it just to try to bang Shane? I mean, obviously, but I mean, what was the, what oh. was the, what was the moment she goes, I want it right now. I can't remember. Cause I'm wondering if that would, that would indicate whether or not she's an exhibitionist. Mm. Cause if she was like, Ooh, like the nurse has arrived, like time for us to. <gasps> Maybe. Yeah. Something like I, I kind of hope Tess is. Cause like, I always want to know more about Tess's character. Yeah. I really like her character. So I know that, you know, they're obviously going to have Shane cheat on Tess like that's just I mean keep assuming it is there a chance they're giving us the old throw us off the scent and and with the trailer and actually Shane is gonna surprise everyone and stay stay uh, loyal I don't know because I feel like the show in terms of how they've written is they've kind of looked at how fans have reacted to different <laughs> storylines and then changed them in the next season so like <laughs> one of the common threads that you keep hearing about Tess and Shane is that, I mean, they built them up. You can see that the show was trying to build them up and like make them a thing, but like they, I don't know, there was something about how they did it that didn't work. It just felt. It was rushed as usual. Mm -hmm. All the relationships yeah. are rushed. But that was the least rushed. That was the least rushed out of all of them. I mean, my memory of Tess and Shane is Tess saying she doesn't want to date her boss and then all of a sudden they're dating. I don't remember any like flirtatious, you know, like will they, uh, won't they moments. No, see, I just recapped this. So it's this fresh okay. in my mind. <laughs> so this is, this is how the show was trying to kind of build it. So they had, obviously, I'm not going to sleep with my boss. I mean, the fact that even Tess was like staying to work for Shane after Shane slept with her girlfriend, like, I don't know that, I mean, but okay, good for Tess. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I would feel weird about it. Anyway, so, so she forgives her and then immediately they start to like, you know, work together quite a lot. So there's the whole kind of doing the poker games, right? And then um, there was like that whole thing of where Tess had to go away to go look after her mum and says, don't set up the projector without me. And then there's like this whole thing of like, she sets up the projector, but it's upside down and then they share a kiss, right? So there's like, they're still kind of marking the moments and the majority of Shane's plotline is related to Tess the entire time, right? We kind of see her at the the bar and working with Tess, and then she's dropping Tess off at the AA meeting, showing that they're really involved in each other's lives. So I feel in terms of like marking, you know, that kind of build up, I feel like it was there, but there was also something missing from that process that just sort of felt a bit flat so I could see it happening but I was also like meh but now well, that they've got you... them there sorry go ahead no no go ahead oh I was gonna say that now that they've got them there they now want to break them up it seems 
Um, but it feels like it's more because we've kind of gone, meh, we're not feeling it. So they're like, well, let's break it up to try another coupling for Shane, you know, let's. I do agree with you. I do think Marge Lewis Ryan watches or takes into account like fan reactions, which is interesting because you never know like what the overall perspective is like people like us, or even just people commenting on Twitter, like we, they could, we could all just be the vocal minority, you know, maybe everybody overall loves Tess and Shane, although I don't really believe that. (laughs) Um, When you were describing their relationship with the projector date and like, Oh, this is how they put them together. It was almost like, Oh, they just, spent so much time together like by osmosis they realized they were entangled that reminds me of how they developed micah and maribel um yes and and especially with micah and maribel i think there's like a chemistry issue and also the jose plot line was so quickly thrown away that threw me off but anyways yeah yeah, they they developed those two relationships kind of similarly i just realized yeah except uh micah and maribel got vastly less time spent on them so it feels even more kind of like whiplash when suddenly you're yes. talking about kids. Yes. Um, and that's also the problem with the whole one-year leap. Yeah. Oh, man. I So when I was watching the episode the second time, I was watching with my wife, and uh, she has ADHD. <laughs> At one point, she was like, what is happening? And I was like, honey, did you, you realize it's a year later, right? It's I, I kept continuously having to remind her it's a year later. So, yeah, yeah it, it was very whiplashy for a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah. And we also got to, we missed out on some of what I think is the real meat and potatoes of like storytelling. We missed out on Bet going through this process of improving herself. Right. Do you think we'll get flashbacks maybe, or not of the Bet improving mm-hmm. herself? Probably not. Yeah. No, now that they're, now that they're at the end point, I don't see that they'll go back. Cause what, what would that help? Right. Like it's not going to really Nothing. color in much you know, we've, but I feel like there's just, and I get why they did it because they want to get to a point where everyone is at that certain point within their storylines. But we also missed out on Danny and Gigi, you know, like, again, speaking of, we cut the next part of the episode is what will end up being the meat of Danny and Gigi, which is like two minutes of them rolling around in bed. It was a good start, but it was uh, not Yeah, enough. don't get me wrong. Loved the makeout sesh. Very yeah. cute. What What do you think about this lack of Danny and Gigi, the most popular couple on the show besides Bet and Tina? Now, like, I just sort of talked about how I feel like the show is adapting to fan reactions, and then they go and do this. And I'm like, okay, maybe they're not. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really confusing because, um, you know, obviously I didn't watch it in real time, the, the last two seasons in real time, but I saw ton of Danny and Gigi stuff on my Tumblr dash and uh, that was all anyone was really talking about in terms of the L word and uh and now that we know that is a spoiler I should say okay should I I I feel like anyone listening to a recap podcast probably knows but yeah spoiler alert like they're they're not skip five seconds if you don't want to hear this but um, Gigi's going away and I'm like Okay, maybe it's a it's a scheduling conflict. You never know. Like, it could be that the actress doesn't want to continue. There's always reasons why that could be. But if it's a writing decision, like, why are you doing that? Yeah, yeah I think it was the biggest mistake of the year of the season is letting Sepida not. I mean, I assume she was under some under like contract, and so I don't know if she she was allowed. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know, like, but also is bit, are we, are we not getting bet because there was also some other, you know, maybe it was not a writing decision. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, bet and Tina, right? Both of them, like, you yeah. know, how much of it is a writing decision, how much of it is. And you sometimes, as a show, you kind of just have to do the best you can. But unfortunately, in this case, you're getting rid of the two, you're getting rid of the two ships that people are invested in. Yep. And I'm like, well, what's the rest of the season going to be if we don't have that? Yeah, I think I'm just too cutthroat. I, I see the side of like, oh, you can't always help it. But I'm like, um, somebody dropped the ball then. Somebody should have made sure that yeah. that would didn't happen. I don't know how, but. I mean, get the budget, like make it irresistible for them yep. to stay. Like cut, there's too many characters already. Cut some of the other characters. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> you know, just get rid of them and just be like, okay, we'll take the budget that we had for these actors. We'll, you know, like. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we, we go to move Angie in on her first day of college. Anita, would you be just a little bit embarrassed to have four lesbians move you in on move-in day or, sorry, four queer women move you in? Or would it make you feel really loved and awesome? I mean, I'm a lesbian, so it's a dream. But um... <laughs> Especially if it's the Z for these four oh women. God. Oh, my God. Those four? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Uh, I would die. I would be would like, be can like... you live with me in my dorm room? <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're not leaving. And also, can we talk about how insanely amazing Bet looked in that outfit? that was when, something just yes when she rolled up in the car i my tongue was on the ground i mean oh my goodness oh my god tina's yeah. too <laughs> yeah but i mean bit like that was just i was i don't know it was it was working for me um no i would love it how would you feel if four lesbians moved you into your dorm room if it was now amazing if it was yeah. when I was actually moving into college, I probably would have been horrified because I was in the closet. Actually, my whole family moved me in, and they moved me in really late after everybody had already moved into the dorms. And um, when we got in, the first thing that happened was my mom goes up to me, and she's like, Amanda, can you please ask your new roommate to take down that M&M poster? <laughs> so the first thing my ass did when I moved into college was I asked my roommate to take down an M&M poster. I was that girl. I was that perfect little closeted, you know, Christian mm. girl. And they all hated me until they got to know me. And then we all became friends. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Uh, long story short, I could have used some support from the four. Yeah. <laughs> Queer yeah. ladies. I mean, it's, it's the dream squad of moving into dorm rooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved when Shane was like, don't make it weird. And Alice immediately was like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just have that written down as like, because I made some notes. I'm like, hi. I just have that written down. I loved it. It was just it conveyed everything in just that one word. Yeah. Also, it said a lot about how Tina fits into that OG group. Like, I mean, we obviously know it now. We're three seasons in, and it's clear that, you know, Shane and Alice are Bet's friends and not Tina's. But even now, with Tina living in the city again, um, she's clearly not like that's that's a friendship that really belongs to Bet, and it wasn't really Tina's. I thought that. Oh, that's really... such an interesting uh, point. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't and noticed I that. That really, that really kind of that one high really kind of just said all of that for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't remember what else the dynamics were, but they also were a little 
they said something to Tina, like, was it protective of Bet or, oh, they, it was when Shane was like, oh, we've got a new Bet. She's reflecting. I don't know. Yeah, you're totally right. They're Bet's friends. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And obviously they've been on that journey with Bet changing who she is and. Yeah. Do you think she's how long are we gonna get chill bet? I mean, we only have her for four episodes. So is this is this the season three bet until the end? I mean, if they're gonna ship her off with Tina, I kind of feel like we might get a little glimmer of like, you know, for a bit of a word a better use of a word bitchy bet, but like <laughs> <laughs> um I, it, it might surface, but I feel like what they were really trying to do this episode was to show that Bet has changed and now deserves Tina's love or has changed enough to show that she now knows how to love Tina better. Um, I think this has to be a little bit of drama because there's still like two episodes and, you know, they need screen time. Um, but I think ultimately I think it's going to stick more or less. Mm, interesting. interesting. That's my... Hot take. <laughs> Ooh, hot takes from Anita. <laughs> um, well, we learn back at the uh, youngins' place, we learn Sophie and Finn have technically been on a break while Finn was at Sober Living for a year. And this sort of sets up a slight cliffhanger towards the end of the episode where Sophie gets a text from Dre uh, at the end of this episode. And then we see in the trailer, uh, you know, that there was a hookup. Um, I mean, yeah, you knew that the moment she said they'd been on a break, that there was going to be someone else in the picture, which I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I, don't, I just sort of feels like that's the pattern for Sophie is like they set that up where she cheated on her original girlfriend to be with Danny. Then she cheated on Danny to be with Finley. And now it's not that it was cheating because they were on a break, but mm -hmm. it's going to play in again. Yeah, yeah, it feels like cheating the way they're setting it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she clearly hasn't made it clear to uh, what was the name of the person? Dre. Dre. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about Dre. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like so unimportant. Um, <laughs> um, but it feels like she obviously hasn't communicated to Dre that. Um, that uh, she there's a person her, yeah, like in love, supposedly. Yeah. That's Supposedly. a big deal. And you know what? Like, I was totally not. Like, I thought Finley and Sophie was just like, oh, last season. I was <laughs> just too. not. I was just like, oh, like, what is this? It just felt so forced. And it was like, they're trying to kind of create this, like, true love storyline or something with them. And I was just, like, not digging it. But, like, in this one episode, I was like, you know what? Like, I could maybe get on board with them this season if they do it right. But then that happened. And I'm like, eh, yep. that's probably not going to. Anita, we went through the same journey. I was like, halfway through this episode, the first time I watched it, I was like, you know what? This version of Sinley, like I'm getting used to them. Or maybe yeah. they're presenting them in a more positive light and it's allowing me to get used yeah. to them. <laughs> well, I mean, Sinley definitely feels like less of a mess, right? Oh, she, for sure. She, she's, you know, she's really trying. And obviously she's going to have those setbacks with like a conversation with Danny um, not going so well. But her reaction to Danny um, was good. She goes to a meeting. That was a good reaction. Yeah. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, there's like potential. There's like, there's like, you know, possibly they could figure their stuff out. But um, uh, then Maribel's like, you guys are toxic. And I'm like, is that the, <laughs> is that the writers trying to tell us what to expect? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw some online chatter 
where people were asking, if you're newly sober, are you supposed to hop right back into a relationship? No. Okay. <laughs> no. That's what I, I mean, thought. No. So this is me basing it off every other show that I've watched. <laughs> It's not okay. from personal experience or anything. No, but they talk about how, you know, they, you should leave a certain amount of time. You should not get into a, a, an important, you know, relationship straight out of rehab um, because uh, you need the time to actually figure out yourself first, right? And bringing in a second person is just emotionally probably well, they're, too dangerous. Yeah, they're portraying that right here. Like, to me, a lot of the episode for Sophie is that she's struggling with Finn... She like does all. It seems like she almost doesn't know what to do with where they are now, um, yeah. and it, it, yeah, it seems like it would be easier if Fen didn't have the relationship to worry about, and all Fen was focusing on was herself. Yeah, yeah. Which I think that in itself is enough drama. Which is why I don't feel like Dre needs to necessarily be there. But I think this is part of um, you know what I've struggled with with. Uh, this you know reboot is that they're so focused on doing relationships and less about doing character development Mm -hmm. yeah and everybody has to hook up with everybody on the show I actually was looking you know that poster the poster of everyone on it Mm -hmm. and I was like you can hook everyone up to everyone else (laughs) like legit you can even you can hook up Maribel to bet because Danny went out with um, Micah before he transitioned, or at least I'm oh, assuming. that's right. Right? I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, this is what you're going to be doing this Sunday with the chart, isn't it? No, no. Oh. Doing... <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm hooking up actors. Oh, that's right. Okay, actors. Through TV shows and films. So I'm basically like, for example, I'm going to hook up a league of their own, <gasps> and I'm going to link it up to the original L word. You just got my attention. Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. I, I know. It's, and, and, then the, and then the process, you'll get to see all of the actor, actresses or actors because one of them is now non-binary. But like you can hook up all of the actors going via all of these different shows and films and in the process maybe learn about some new TV shows and films. Ooh, that sounds Ooh. awesome. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. What what are your thoughts on, I mean, we kind of already discussed, it's really fast. Uh, Micah wants to propose to Maribel, and the show's answer to Micah's proposal, this is a little jumping ahead, but uh, since we only get two seconds at a time of them anyways, I'm just going to jump ahead. Uh, Maribel's answer is like, no to your marriage proposal, but I want a baby, or I want a family. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's just... Yeah, because again, never has Maribel said anything about wanting a family, has she? I don't remember her ever saying something like that. Um, no, but we haven't gotten a lot of Maribel, to be fair. Yeah, but but again, it's sort of like you need to you need to seed these kind of moments, right? Like if you if you want to make me as a spectator care about what I'm looking at, I need to know why this is so important for Maribel, or like oh, at least that's unless you're supposed unless that's supposed to be the pivot of the you know the pivot of the scene or something um where you're supposed to be surprised by her saying that but you if you're going to have that as a pivot point then you need to make me care about the relationship (laughs) (laughs) uh bingo are you listening marsha lewis ryan 
Was that a little harsh? <laughs> she said, you need to make us care about the relationship. Yeah. And look, you know what? I actually, I, you know, I'm, I'm for it. Like I'm actually, I actually think that it's an interesting relationship, right? You're getting to see um, a trans man exploring his sexuality who thought he was gay, had previously been uh, identifying as a lesbian who was um, a lesbian woman, right? So it's gone through like, that's, I mean, that, that's a juicy journey to like dig your teeth. But we didn't see any of that. We didn't, we didn't, exactly. we didn't, didn't see that. Any of Micah realizing, oh, I'm actually bi or, you yeah. know, is Micah straight? I don't know. Have we? No. It's nothing. I think. The writers know. I would say for now he's bi because like when Maribel was weirdly being all kind of uh, after they um, had sex um, at the club, he went and ground up on a guy. So I'm thinking he's probably um, bi. That would be my take. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, and I don't know. And I think it's also great to have like um, a character with a disability on a show getting to be shown as having a romantic relationship and being seen as desirable. I think that's really important because I think often these characters get desexualized. Um, so, totally. and, and then you put those two together and I'm thinking like, that's, that's such great, that's such a great base to build something off. But then it's like given no real screen time and right. then you can talk about the chemistry and, and all of that. And, and then it just becomes like out of all the storylines when I was recapping, I could have just left all of that out and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I mean, I'm going to be honest, like I'm, I'm going to be like Frank. Sometimes I don't know if I'm talking about Micah and Maribel out of like a wanting to be not PC, but like I think representation matters. And I think I commend the show for like doing better than they did in the original show. I mean, my God, the way like, uh, Max is like a whole separate, like terrible yeah. discussion. It was hideous. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I actually like that they're trying, that Marjolius Ryan has been trying to correct the wrong. But I think yeah. if you're going to do that, like make sure they have chemistry and give them more screen time. Right. But then we're also getting into the problem with too many characters um, and not enough time. Like there were 10 episodes in the last season, eight in the first. And um, that's the type of format you get for those kind of serialized dramas with like a lead. Here we've got like five, six, you know. Um, so you're never going to be able to get that development, which it just feels like we're constantly being shortchanged on the stories. Like they're throwing all these stories at us, but they're not giving it time to actually organically happen. And so you kind of go, oh, so and so's with that. Okay, now they're over here. Okay, oh, uh, you know. Yeah, it's like uh, the L word generation Q TikTok version. Like, just oh my god, fast, yeah. fast scenes, fast yeah. storylines, fast relationships, fast breakups. Just yeah. slap you in the face. Yeah, but that you're not getting any time, and it's like uh, you know, having seen the the build up on Tumblr around Gigi and Danny, I was like, even they were like just speed run kind of version of getting together. They were, yeah, yeah. But their hotness think, overcame oh, the quickness. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, I think there's definitely chemistry, but also as individual characters, they were more sketched out because we'd seen them in the previous season in relation to other characters. So by the time they got together, they were fully realized enough that we could, you know, invest in them. 
as individuals and as a couple, um, which is what we're lacking with, uh, you know, maybe with Tess a little bit. Like we do get a bit of backstory, which I really appreciate. Like I love the fact she had, you know, um, a relationship with Finley. Well, not that they slept together, but that they had some stuff going on, right? I always forget they hooked up. (laughs) I know, but that was also kind of almost like pointless. We didn't need them to hook up. I totally agree. Yeah. It was just like, oh, we need to throw in a sex scene. Like, let's just get that in there. Have everybody hook up. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, the big shebang of the episode is this fundraiser Tess is throwing for MS. Um, and Danny is like, what is, is Danny an events coordinator now? What, what does Danny's, what is her job? she's working at the gallery she does pr she's events yeah i guess she must be like i mean she did pr maybe she's getting into promotion like event promotion or something i don't know um very vague it was just like a throwaway one-liner i'm assuming it can't be important um and you can also feel with bet like uh all of like the first episodes of the first two seasons really like put you into what she was doing professionally and this year nothing no mention anything professional so we don't know if she's still working at the gallery uh, or where she's at and I'm assuming it's because it's completely irrelevant to future plot lines yeah well Danny did mention Bet getting her a job at the gallery but that doesn't mean that that's necessarily working there but I don't know I would assume so yeah well I I totally didn't clock that (laughs) I was like right (laughs) over my head yeah um, I thought this event was like a really great thing to center the episode around, of course, except for the crime of not including Gigi. Besides that, I loved that everybody was there and just like juicy scene after ju- in this instance, I was happy for the TikTok juicy scenes and we're getting fight scenes and we're getting intense uh, Maribel, Sophie and Bet and Tina in the middle of it all. Bet and Tina are just hanging out, shooting the shit. <laughs> I, you know what? Can someone give me ten thousand dollars? <laughs> How loaded are Bet and Tina? She just like bet. She just goes, oh, uh, you know, Bet needs to not like <laughs> this painting or this, you know, piece of art must go for its true value, and she just spends ten thousand dollars. <sighs> also, you know they're rich because Angie turned down money on her first day of college. Or like wasn't excited. Like, oh, that's how you know you that some kid came from money. Because, uh, first of all, I never got offered that, and if I would, I would be like, oh yes, please. <laughs> I'm gonna feed myself with this. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm fine. crackers for real. No, but it was really, it was really cute to kind of have them, you know, have the the Ben Tina chat kind of going on and seeing them kind of get close and having, you know, Alice and um, Shane clock that. And yeah, it was, I did. I really liked that whole section as well. I think you're quite right. Like the whole quickly moving between all the characters was really cool. Um, and it makes sense because that's kind of like you're getting to the tail end of the episode. It's, this is like the bigger set piece, uh, higher stakes, like you're starting to see all of the drama kind of boil over from all the setup that's gone in. So that was really well done. I thought that was done well. Yeah. Um, what did you, what did you think about, we learn Finley's getting her job back at the bar. So she's hopping back into the relationship and she's hopping back into the job at the bar where she serves alcohol. I was thinking they should have tried to get her to work for Alice again or like they're, you know, Shane's so loaded, apparently, like have her help with the mother-in-law or something. Yeah, totally. 
I mean, no, I don't think it's a good idea at all. I think it's terrible. I'm like, you just came out of rehab and you're going into a, a you know, a place where there is alcohol being served and no matter how okay you are with your alcoholism, that's not a good environment to be exposed to. So I'm, and I'm really surprised that Tess, I mean, Tess obviously has managed it and she's at a point where she can be around right. alcohol. But I'm surprised that she would suggest to Finley straight out the gate, like, here, have this job. It just seems to be like, yeah, I think, agreed. Fin and also in terms of just like where Finley seems to perform well, she, she was a really great assistant to Alice. Like Alice really loved her. Why would Alice not be, if not getting her back on her show, going to other shows and being like, Finley's amazing, get her. She, she will... You know she will take care of you and um and i feel like that's also a, if she wants to get benefits yes you know i mean or As maybe somebody not. who's <laughs> bartended in the past uh does not tend to come with the best benefits now maybe dana's <clears throat> they do a little bit better by their employees but yeah well maybe because shane's loaded because yeah. she also <laughs> had ten thousand she also had ten thousand dollars to like throw in a poker game <laughs> How good is that hair gel, huh? Just yeah. makes you look like just uh, you're in a hair commercial with the wind blowing or something. Yeah, but yeah, also she doesn't, seem to, she doesn't seem to be selling her hair products anymore. Because yeah, she doesn't need to. It's a relic. Yeah, maybe she does. She's so loaded. Yeah. <laughs> She's, so She's loaded. like private jet loaded if we're... I mean, gosh, she is. One. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Speaking of Fenley, the the next scene we get with Fenley is the big fight with Fenley and Danny. Uh, it's really Danny versus Fenley's attempt to complete her steps to make amends. Um, like Fenley obviously does not want to fight Danny. What what was your opinion of this scene? Who was in the wrong? Who was in the right? Um, so I watched your uh, your reaction earlier today, and I thought you just said it quite right. Neither of them are wrong. Um, they're both, they just both have, um, what their want is in the scene, like what they're trying to achieve in the scene is at cross purposes. Um, I think Finley needed to step back sooner when she saw that Danny was not in the right space. And I think that her trying to continue to have that conversation is kind of maybe typical Finley. So that made sense character wise. Um, but that was, that was the point where I was like, okay, Finley, you should have just walked away. And I thought that was correct of Tess to point that out and just say, you yeah. need to go. Yeah. Just chill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, Sophie's kind of like, what happened? Finley's a little hesitant to tell her. And then uh, this is skipping a little head. Uh, we, I do want to come back to all the other wonderful things that happened at the event. And <laughs> Sophie and Finley end up playing strip basketball. And this is where we learn that mask leading Finley Where's high-waisted underloos? Yeah. Um, I saw the comment on your, <laughs> on your video. Someone's like, can we talk about where Finley got these underwear? <laughs> I did notice it. Did you notice it? Oh, I totally. It was very, <laughs> it was very kind of, I just expected her to be wearing some kind of boxer brief, you know, something about oh, white um, Calvin Klein with the white top, maybe. Um, well, also because that's what we've seen her wear in previous seasons is you, the very first thing we see of finley is her coming out of some girl's house right. and she's wearing like these kind of cartoon little boxer brief you know 
Yes, I do. Which remember that. Yeah, which seems very much in keeping with her character, right? Like she's got that kind of tomboy um, vibe kind of going. Um, and so now I don't know. I don't know if that was like a conscious choice by the um, the costume department to be like, we need to show that she's changed. <laughs> she doesn't wear boxer briefs no more. She's now wearing high waisted <laughs> bikini briefs or whatever you call it. Like, oh yeah, she's got gonna... <laughs> Do you think that's really what they they wanted? They're trying to show she's matured through her underwear. I mean, I'm just hypothesizing because we've literally seen her underwear in earlier seasons, and now it's not the same. <laughs> it was like, you know, <laughs> that was a very conscious choice. You know, it's not like they just go, "Oh, what are you wearing right now, actor?" Like, you just wear that on. Like, they literally would have gone, "Okay, we need to now shoot the scene of like strip." basketball and we now must decide on what kind of underwear Finley is going to wear and then they thought this is the pair of underwear that makes sense with a character knowing like how these like big networks work I'm now picturing like old straight men deciding that Finley needs to be wearing high-waisted green panties in this scene. Oh, God, no. no. Please, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll throw that away. Let's not surely that didn't happen no no I'm sure it was because uh, usually at you know at costume departments are usually women um so it would yeah. have been a bunch of women sitting around deciding that but um yeah it was a it's a perplexing choice um and I and it's but it's so jarring that I feel like I have to think about it and be like what were they trying to say about the character because they have also changed her hair color right yes I love brunette Finn very hot. Yeah. Jacqueline Tabani is just extremely attractive. She really is. Yeah. I mean, like, up until she got super messy with the whole breaking up the wedding thing, I was really right. rooting for her as a character. They really assassinated her um, and Sophie as well. But, like, Finley particularly just took a nosedive in season two. So maybe this is going to be her redemption. And they're, like, trying to signal how much she's changed through a change of hair color. Um <laughs> That's yeah. an interesting point. I hope you're right. And I do, I know a lot of fans are w- like wanting the show to go back to the season one plot line of her sort of like religious background, what happened when she went home, all this stuff. Like maybe we'll get that along with the hair change. <laughs> yeah. Although again, I feel like because we skipped a year, we've skipped right. all of the processing, right? Like we've skipped all of the the work she had to do to get to a point where she's able to even go up to people and be like, I'm sorry that I did this. Um, which is another reason why I'm a bit sort of, oh, why did you jump a year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you are like me and my wife and you love to nerd out on the weekends playing board games, then check out this queer party game, The Queer Agenda. OMG. Oh, what a great name. It's a sassy card game for four to 10 people. If you're tired of your usual games and want to gay it up, use the link in the description to buy The Queer Agenda or help give it to your homophobic parents for Christmas. Maybe that's how I'll spread my holiday joy this season. <laughs> um, I thought Shane and Kehlani had amazing chemistry. I may or may not be biased. <laughs> little bit of a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, I'm going to confess something. Okay. I had no idea who Kailani was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, she'd kind of come up in relation to the L word before 
you know, today. Like, so I, I, I knew she was going to be coming on and then completely forgot about it. I'd actually Googled her to kind of figure out who she was because people seemed to be really excited about it. Um, but I had, that was not in my head when I watched the episode. So when she kind of does that whole thing of like, you can't be in here and shuts the door on Shane, like you just, know, you just know something's going to happen. And my first reaction was actually more like, oh God, Shane, really? You're going to have an affair with her? <laughs> I mean, she's gorgeous and she was devouring Shane with her. Oh eyes. yeah. Like, oh, like that could have happened. Like how that would was Shane resist? It was kind of the sexiest moment of the episode. Let's just I, 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 I can't even talk <laughs> when I think about it, obviously. You know, yeah. what's interesting is the first time I watched it, I was so busy thirsting over Kehlani that I didn't notice anything but Kehlani. The second time I watched it through, I was like, this dialogue is kind of hilarious because Shane's like, uh, you've taken good care of your hair. <laughs> Like they're using air talk to be all sexual. I know. I know. I mean, I think uh I think what they were trying to do was to highlight how far Shane has come from her true self by being with Tess and therefore introducing Kaylani. Is it what's her character name, by the way? Do we know? I don't think so. I'm gonna uh, go IMDB it. Yeah. Um, but having Kaylani kind of show up being from that industry recognizing her and then being all like come with me um do my hair it was like there was so much sexual innuendo in that and um i feel like they were trying to show that shane has gone so far from who she was because with tess she's having to deal with like you know the mother-in-law in inverted commas you know the mother-in-law with her issues and and you know and the fact that she was reluctant to have sex with tess shows that she's maybe not kind of feeling herself at the moment and so then to juxtapose it with the sudden rush of attraction um to kailani was meant to kind of highlight that uh you know that that kind of gap that's been created for shane um so yeah oh her name is ivy by the way ivy. which great character name great name yeah oh just as soon as you hear the name Ivy, I mean, it's probably like because of Batman or the comics or whatever, but it, it's like, yeah. oh, that's sexy. Oh, it's a very sexy name. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm getting chills right now. <laughs> <Yes>. Girl. <laughs> um, Anita, question. Yes. Are you an 8 p.m. bedtime type person or an I just got this last minute DJ thing at this loft space downtown type person? I am, I am, I just got a, well, I would never get a DJ gig because good <laughs> Lord. Um, but I'm definitely not an 8 PM. I'm okay. a, I'm a, whenever, whenever I finally get myself into bed, PM is, well, AM okay. usually. Are you a, you're a late nighter then? Oh, terrible. Ooh. Terrible. What about you? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, one of those people who I don't like to stay up late or wake up early. So I like to go to bed around 11, ideally, maybe midnight. And then if I go to bed a little bit late, then I want to wake up around eight. If I go to bed around eleven, I want to wake up at seven. Um, but I was tell actually telling you off off the offline uh, before we started recording that I've been having insomnia. So I woke up at like f like four thirty today or something. Yeah, um, which worked great because then we got to go we got to see your content. Yeah. Which was great. yeah. <laughs> it all worked out. Yeah, it did all work out. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's hard. Insomnia's a biatch. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so question back to Shane and Tess. Why do you think Tess wants to pursue the path that she's pursuing to the point that she, she doesn't seem to notice what's going on with Shane. She's just all about buying another baby, AKA another real estate space or bar space. I just feel like that's the writers. That's the writers being like, let's put some drama in. I, okay. Yeah. Well, may, I mean, maybe they could make it make sense in terms of the character because she always had that dream of having uh, a bar and managing a bar. And now that she's with someone who's got the means, maybe she's like, I would love to create, you know, a network of... But wouldn't that be competition for Dana's? <laughs> well, I don't know what they're planning on doing with oh. that space. Oh, it might not be a bar. Yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I th- I think, like you, like, I, I didn't understand it. Um I was like kind of with Shane. I was like, yeah, y'all have a lot going on with the mom and just yeah. getting her, her pills and the fundraiser and your relationship. And um, I don't know. But I she did it's... specifically mention that they decided not to have a family. So maybe yeah. that's why. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because I think it would have been pretty terrible for them to go back on the reason why she broke up with her wife, whom she loved very much, was it was about not wanting to have children. So for her to then go and have children with Tess, I think would have been really tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's the writers going, we need to create some kind of tension and drama and give Shane a reason to want to leave the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> We're justifying Shane getting it on with Ivy. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, you know, like I'm not against Shane having a good time or anything, but I feel like if you kids, you seem to care so much about Tess and Shane last season and you're just going to throw it away now. Um, it just kind of continues that cycle of like just, you know, the in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of the cycle, we get Angie's first heartbreak. Uh, J- Jordy sort of brutally go break it up night one in the dorms. Yeah. And she's like, you couldn't have done this yesterday. <laughs> I know that was insane. Wasn't it? Um, but I kind of feel like that's very much how Jordy is. Like she, she really wasn't there for Angie in the, in season two, like her right. apologies or her trying to be there for her was um, pretty half you know, half measured and um, she really only cared about being prom queen. And um, I think she was super dismissive of Angie in a way that just didn't make me warm to her. So I'm not sad that she's gone Um, or at least that they've broken up. I don't know if she's gone. Um, Yeah. What did you think of how that all went down? Now that you remind me, yeah, it makes a lot of sense because she cut Jordy wasn't a great girlfriend to her last season. No, so. it was it was only because of that kind of over the top, um, you know, will you come to prom with me that Angie actually stayed with her because she was literally talking about breaking up with her right. in that episode. And then that happened. Um, yeah. yeah. So I feel like that that relationship is, was always going to be on the rocks. And now that Angie's 18 and I'm assuming the actress is also 18, they can start to give her some maybe more adult plot lines, but to be honest, I kind of don't want to see it. <laughs> Angie's yeah. a baby. I don't want to see her like getting I, too spicy. Yeah. Are you, I know that some fans are kind of like, I just am not as we know, there's too many characters. And then I see some fans online who were like, 
you know, no, I love the stuff with Angie. It's so sweet. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a sweetness too because, you know, it was her first relationship and all of that. I felt like she was included because they kind of had to because she existed in the original series. But I think if, you know, I like her. I like Angie and I, I like the actress who plays her. So I'm happy to see her. Um, but she's definitely like the only of her generation on the show. And I don't know that she's enough of a draw for that age group to bring people onto the L word. Um, so, I mean, you, I mean, you could argue either way for her, I think. Yeah. For me, the, the best part about them portraying Angie is showing a middle-aged lesbian couple co-parenting their adult child yes um because we're still like in america we're still like trying to get marriage equality enshrined in, into our laws and it had i think f- it, it, that it representation i think still matters i i don't know any gay couples with older um children to be honest and so that's my favorite part about they're showing these two people raised this like normal kid this lesbian these two lesbians yeah you know actually you make a really good point there i i think i agree as well that um and it's also it's bit and tina's kid like i mean you know and i think they also through her having her on um the show they've also had you know some discussions around colorism and stuff Mm -hmm. that happened last season and um, I think that's also important that there was that moment when they were in that counseling session together where Angie was like, bet you get to walk through life different to me because of the way she looks. And um, so I thought that was also nice that you kind of got to see a bit of that kind of come through and actually both seasons, right? Because she was at a school where it was predominantly white. So it managed to also bring up some of those, um, the kind of racial themes that the show has been working on. Um, and do it through Angie. So I thought that was good as well. I totally agree with you. Uh, Since you mentioned that, I will say uh, it is disappointing the way Pippa has been written off. (sighs) And besides Angie, we really have a, in my opinion, and besides like the Black Lives Matter plotline from last year with the art gallery, there is seemingly a de-emphasizing of Black characters um, so that still seems to be something that they struggle with. Oh man, I loved Pippa. Like, I know that the, you know, end game is Bet and Tina. I feel like they should have introduced Pippa in season one. I would have loved to have seen her have, you know, more time and like make that the primary relationship of the, few- she was such a great character. And I think that she also complimented Bet really nicely. Um, because she was not going to take any of Bet's shit. Right. She, and also because Bet admired her so deeply that she would take on board what Pippa said. And um, it actually shook her so deeply when, you know, that whole kind of uh, issue with uh, um, the wing, the Nunez wing was happening and she kind of misstepped and said that they would pull out Pippa's um, right. You know, art from the the gallery and whatnot um and that was the most vulnerable we got to see bet in the last couple of seasons and i just really loved that kind of vulnerable seeing that vulnerability come through for for bet but also pippa as a character i felt could have gone some really interesting places i mean i Mm -hmm. think also um, i can't remember who the actress is but uh vanessa williams i think 
Vanessa Estelle Williams. Yeah. She's great. So. Yeah. It's Vanessa Estelle Williams. I was just double checking that. Yeah. So um, shame we didn't get to see that. I agree. I, she is uh, going to be back in the season, but I just feel like they're bringing her back because of fan backlash. And I don't think they're like putting a ton of effort into the character of Pippa. Mm. Boo. Boo. Hiss. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, although before we get to the to the very end of the episode, I do want to go back quickly. Speaking of Bet and the way whatever Pippa brings out in Bet, how funny was that kind of like self-aware conversation between Bet and Tina at the club when um when Bet was like to Tina, yeah, you've had experience managing big personalities, aka my monstrous ego. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. I think that was great. Yeah. I think that was a cute, like it was a cute moment to create that kind of um, like that feedback loop between them of, and also that bet was willing to make that joke at her own expense. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, to signal that she's changed as a person. So I thought that played well. I thought that played really well. Yeah, me too. Yeah. As fast as they squeeze them back together, they, you know, as, as you said, we don't know the circumstances as to why they had to squeeze all of this together necessarily. And so if it was like, you have to do this in one episode, which I kind of have a feeling that's what it was, mm-hmm. they did a good job with it. Yes. No. Uh, assuming that there were some external circumstances that meant that they had to write this way, um, it still played out as probably the most satisfying part of this episode for sure. Yeah. 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 We get the somewhat poetic Finn at her AA meeting, sort of talking over, weaving in some of these scenes at the end, along with a very forgettable squeezing in of Gigi and Danny. Like Gigi gives Danny an ominous look. Yeah. That's sort of how we end that. She just like closes the book. Yes. She puts, she puts the bookmark in and then she closes the book and you're just like, okay, this is, that conversation did not go well. And you're just like, like the only, the only information we've been given is that potentially Natalie is not okay with Gigi moving in with Danny. And it's like, why would that be a problem? Very unsatisfactory. See, and I think this is another one of the, I maybe don't think this is another one of those they had, they had to, because Sepita's leaving the show, they had to figure out how to break up uh, Jeannie. And I think they screen time then. Do what? Give them screen time. (laughs) I know, right? I know. Like like if they only have, if they only have Sepita for one episode or three episodes or whatever, then give them storyline to make us understand why that relationship's not going to work out. Yeah, where they succeeded with the Bet and Tina thing, they totally failed with Danny and Gigi. What a lame Nat is not okay with with uh and maybe in in the writers' minds Gigi's making this up cuz Gigi's still in love with Matt with Nat. Um no. I don't know. No, like <laughs> that boat has sailed. Like that's gone. No, but the writers are like, oh, the boat's coming back. It turned around. The boat's <laughs> headed back to us. There's Nat. Hey, I'm on the boat. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> I really, as Nat, I mean, Nat doesn't seem to be in the, the season if she's not in the first episode. So I think she is going to be in the season, but 
Oh, okay. I don't know when. I believe that Ash mentioned that in one of her videos. I, I've tried to stay spoiler free. Spoiler three. Spoiler free. <laughs> um, although I did catch, I mean, I know obviously that Bit and Tina are leaving and now Gigi and Danny, or Gigi. Gigi, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, What do we think? What do you think of our, our epic closing bet and tina where this kind of bomb gets dropped on us first of all didn't we at one point in the og show get told that Beth's mom had died or am i crazy i don't remember this <laughs> i love that <laughs> me neither okay maybe that never happened i mean they mentioned so they mentioned the, the that relationship in previous gen q seasons i think it might have been in the first or second one um and obviously talked about how that relationship was not good was that last season when they were in that with between carrie and and bet or something like that anyway um so that's been brought up before um but what again what i didn't like is that we don't get to see her process of forgiveness we just go from her not being okay with her mom never exploring how or why or what Maybe in the original series, I don't remember if there was ever a plot line around her parents, but I don't remember one. And then now I she's- I mean, there was a lot with her dad. Yeah, but not, okay. Not with her mom though, right? No, her, it was sort of the, my understanding was like, oh, her mom ran off and it was, you know, her, Kit and her dad. That was my understanding. Okay. Right. So there's a lot of unresolved and suddenly it's resolved issues. Right. Um, and it just sort of feel like, am I supposed to feel something about that? Because if I am- uh all all i'm seeing is that okay again a signal like they're signal signaling to us again that bet has changed because she's managed to forgive her mum. but again we've kind of missed out on that whole process yeah yeah um i i actually do feel you because what i took from that was that i was supposed to be like oh her mom what? <laughs> but actually i was like kind of laughing at some of it which that was like i told her the whole epic story i was like how did her mom respond was she like uh too much information that's a lot of lesbian drama for for one visit yeah, yeah. how good is her mom with her lesbianism i don't know <laughs> we'll have to answer that never because <laughs> jamiel's is leaving the show <laughs> yeah and she's forgiven her so we're probably not going to mention her again <laughs> yeah that's done throw that away <laughs> Um, but of course, uh, the part that I cannot laugh at, I was totally all in on Bet and Tina. I was waving my Tibeter flag around when they started kissing. When Bet grabs Tina's hand and just, oh, 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 it was like, it was something like that was just like the softness and the tenderness. And then it was just like, instead of going straight for the kiss, it's like, you know, it's that kind of like non-verbal, are you giving me consent to go any further, which is super sexy. And then it was like, yeah. And then and then when they kissed, it wasn't like they were going all out for like this big makeout session. It was actually just like, it was like a kiss that signaled their emotions of coming back together 
but it's not sexual. And I just like, Mwah! like, I mean, you, it was like, a, like, it was a little, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean it was... when it started happening, my wife started twerking on me. She was so into it. So it was just a little bit. We were like a little bit pumped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I meant by that is like, it wasn't like they were heading straight to the bedroom. Right. Right. right? <laughs> you know, not, love. It, it's not like other, other Tina and Bet kisses after, you know, it's not like the elevator. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. It's not the elevator. It was it, it was more just like and then also Tina was almost like I'm going to go and then Bet kind of just holds her back with that hand holding. Yes. It was just so nice. I and liked then it. Angie comes in with the you <sighs> got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> that bookmark that scene to perfection it was the same in the same way that i love the way tina at the beginning of the um episode was like you don't know how to love me bam she's out undercutting that whole thing angie coming in what the fuck totally undercut that scene again so nice parallels like to bookend the 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 episode and just also um just sort of creating that reality, like bringing them back into that moment. I just, it was, yeah, I loved it. It was hilarious. Great ending. Great ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then did you watch the trailer for I the rest not. of the season? I didn't. Oh. free. It is no. messy, essy, messy. Very messy. Very messy. I would expect nothing less from yeah. the L word. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously the drama of this show is generated entirely by the lesbian relationships. Almost entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be very, very messy. Yeah, it does. Um, but what did you think of the trailer? It got me really excited. It was a lot, some repeat from like the trailer for that we had already seen. But like I went on Ash Silver's channel a couple of days ago and she sat there and like zoomed in on it and like you know um sophie she sophie's so- the one that gets put pushed into the pool um i i'm excited it's gonna be fun yeah yeah ash does a really good job of deconstructing every moment like she's got that she's got that eye mm-hmm. the eagle eye where she can be like okay this this and then she yeah. like connects up the dots yeah she does really well with that um nice Okay, well, I'm excited because you're excited because, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be juicy, whatever it is. Oh, I mean, yes, juicy. Do you have any any predictions or anything you want to see in episode two? I mean, I mean, I want to say I want to see more Danny and Gigi to kind of just understand what on earth is going on. Um, and also to, given how little time is left with them, like, give the fans the content right like i feel like we missed out on so much of them just we want couple stuff like mm-hmm. storytelling wise you got to put the drama in like we i get it you need to you need to put the conflict or you need to put the tension in there um but also as as uh, viewers and shippers we want to see we want to see domestic fluff we want the <laughs> we want the coffee um you know the coffee AU kind of like, you know, we want to just have those little moments and uh, it's such a shame that they've immediately created the drama. So we're going to miss out on all of that domestic mm-hmm. cuteness that I feel that a lot of us would have wanted to see. So I guess I just want to see that. Obviously I want to see Bet and Tina um, and I'm curious to see what they're going to do with them because they've gotten them to this point 
at the end of episode one. Uh, me too. So is it just going to be all like flowers and rainbows until they exit? I don't know because, I mean, you know what we're getting at the end of the season, right? I don't, other than Bet and Tina are gone. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, wedding bells? Ding, ding, ding. Okay. That's my prediction. Right, but. but Just based on the trailer. Okay, are they, but are they in the final episode? Oh, they are in the final episode. I believe they're in nine and ten. Oh. That's, that's my understanding. Okay, see, look, this is me, you know, staying spoiler-free and, like, having no anything <laughs> clue. Um, okay, yeah, no, I think that's definitely, that's, that's definitely likely. Um, yeah, so we have one more episode, or we have a couple episodes, though. Uh, who knows how long? First of all, I could be wrong, listeners. I totally could be wrong. Like, I, it could be my gun Maribel, I guess. Uh, although Maribel oh basically I mean... rejected him. <laughs> I feel like that's a very, um, that would be very not what people want. (laughs) There'd be a lot of disappointment. Yeah, Yeah. you're right about that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my expectations for episode two, very similar to you. I need G, I need more substantial Gigi, specifically Gigi. She's probably my favorite character from the show, knowing she's going to leave. I, that's, that's basically all I want. So I will be disappointed probably. But uh-huh. that being said, I actually, at the beginning of the podcast, you said you were kind of mixed bag on the episode. I actually am really high on this as an episode one. I think it was strong enough that I'm like interested and excited to see where it goes next. But obviously, I, I mean, I've obviously mentioned a number of times what my beefs yeah. were with, with it. Um, I just think that, yeah, for better or for worse, but it it's good. It's a good start, definitely. And I'm... <laughs> I'm interested to see what they're going to do. I'm a bit apprehensive about us losing some of the major players um, in the series um, and how that's going to impact my enjoyment of the rest of the season. I mean, I love, I love a lot of characters. Like I I love the OG, like, you know, Shane and Alice um, as well. So I'll be happy to see them continue. Um, I think, you know, Danny's a strong enough character. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Finley. But, um, yeah. We'll losing. see if they're able to fill the hole, the giant a, hole that's going to happen. It's a big hole. Yeah. I mean, you can drown in that hole. Yeah, it's it's a lesbian Grand Canyon. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> I'm just getting images right now about this big. <laughs> Well, I, I want to thank you, Anita, a.k.a. 100% Shipper, for coming on to the podcast. Uh, listeners, viewers, make sure you go to the description. Click the link in the description to her channel, 100% Shipper. That way you're going to be getting all of the awesome content that Anita is putting out there. Also, it's really great just to support our fellow members of the queer community. So make sure you check that out. Also, I will be back next week to recap episode two. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show. We did it. Thank you so much.